0: Today's reading is from uh, Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3 and 8 through 12. It's about the meaning of faith and the faith of Abraham. Now faith is the insurance, uh, assurance for things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised as in a foreign land, living in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received the power of procreation, even though he was too old. And Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful, who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of the heaven, and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore for the word of God in scripture, for the word among God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God.
1: Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from Genesis. Um, I'm just doing one section, but this is right before the the part we're about to read is when the three messengers appear to Abraham. He's sitting under the oak. He looks up. He sees these three messengers, and he he rushes to them, and he prepares this feast for them, and there's uncertainty of does Abraham know that these three messengers are God or not, but it doesn't matter. He goes and prepares this whole feast, and he gets Sarah to make the bread, and this is where we're going to cut in, and this is where we pick up that story. Genesis 18.9. The messengers said to Abraham, where's your wife Sarah? And he said, there in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of woman, so Sarah laughed to herself, saying, "'After I have grown old, and my husband is old, "'shall I have pleasure?' "'The Lord said to Abraham, "'Why did Sarah laugh and say, "'Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? "'Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? "'At the set time, I will return to you in due season, "'and Sarah shall have a son.' "'But Sarah denied, saying, "'I did not laugh, for she was afraid.' The Lord said, oh, yes, you did laugh. The word of God. I don't want to be so far away from you, so I'm going to preach from down here. Somewhere. How about now? It's good to be back here with all of you. Last time I was here, I was with you all with my fiance Ashley, and we gave a joint sermon. And now I'm here with you and my wife, Ashley. It all worked worked out. So on behalf of both of us, thank you so much for the whole church, the whole party you threw for us that Sunday for letting us be here and letting me come back. This is great. Uh, Right before I came up here, one of the mothers of the church came over to me and said, don't be nervous, you'll do great. And if you don't, it's okay, we'll still like you. <laughs> I'm not sure if that made me feel more nervous or less nervous, but. <laughs> faith, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Like many of you, I consider myself a person of faith. You know, my faith is like a building block that bolsters my hopes for the future. My faith, comforts me and pushes me forward to live a compassionate lifestyle. Being a person of faith means I have faith. Yet, over the past few weeks, it has been hard to have faith in the unseen when what I see on the news is gun violence. What I hear on the news is our world leaders using hateful rhetoric, And what I experience in our environment is a world changing and suffering. And I ask myself, how do I be a person of faith in the unseen? I agree. And so when I ask myself these questions, I, as a theater practitioner, turn to stories. And often I turn to Bible stories to see if there's some way in which these Bible stories can re-engage my faith and help me along. And I think that's exactly what the author of Hebrews does. The author of Hebrews says, here's what faith is. Let me talk to you about a few people. And of course, like any good biblical author, he talks about the patriarchs and the fathers of faith. He begins with Abel and Enoch and Noah, And then he turns to what Dave read for us so beautifully, the story of Abraham. And yet, in this male-dominated demonstration, you might have heard Sarah's name mentioned. The mother of many nations. If you followed along in your Bible, you saw there was a little footnote there uh, regarding this verse 11 where it talks about Sarah. Sarah. I did my own exegetical work since I did graduate from seminary. I'm actually putting it to work. Um, Thank you. (laughs) I'm not sure if you were laughing that I put it to work or laughing that I graduated, but either way, I'll. (laughs) Verse 11 can actually read if you translate it differently, not by faith Abraham, but rather by faith Sarah herself, though barren, received power to conceive even when she was too old, because she considered God faithful, who had promised. Therefore, from one person, descendants were born. And so, I turned my attention to Sarah. And of course, as a clown, I turned my attention to Sarah's laughter, to see if there was some way that my faith could be reengaged from this story. Sarah, just to recap, Sarah is mentioned early on in the story of Abraham. The first thing we find out about Sarah is that she's barren, which we have to understand in in the society, this patriarchal society, it was the women's role to further the male lineage. And so this is a big deal that she is without child, not only for her, but for the society. And considering that she's married to Abraham, the father of many nations, there seems to be this, this disconnect, this tension there. We also know that she is brave and beautiful. She uh, lies to the Pharaoh at the time, risking her own life to save Abraham's. And then a bit later on in his travels, Sarah states that it is the Lord that has prevented her from having children. I love that baby's cry. Talking about children, just the young one in here. Isn't it great? You see, I'm, I'm struck by the fact that Sarah says it's the Lord's reason, because it seems like she's coming to terms with the fact that she is not gonna fulfill God's promise of being the mother of many nations, and that she believes it is God's decision. Now, I don't know if she said this because she's angry or she needed to place blame, she's resigned to it, perhaps she's recognizing her own limitations, or perhaps She is dealing with the fact that God is not fulfilling God's promises. So needless to say, Sarah exists in a world of tension. A tension of being a woman in a male-dominated society. The tension of God making promises that seem to go unfulfilled. The tension of self-imposed realities that she's putting on herself. And it is at this moment of tension that these messengers appear and we read what we read. I love that the messengers begin their proclamation, but first they confirm where Sarah is. They ask Abraham, where is your wife? And he says, inside the tent. And I think they're asking because this proclamation is not for Abraham. This proclamation is for Sarah. You see, because in chapter 17 the Lord already told Abraham that Sarah would be the mother of these nations. And when Abraham hears this, you know what he does? He falls on his face and laughs and laughs and laughs. And so this time, the messengers ask about Sarah because the proclamation is for her to hear. You know, I can only imagine as Sarah's there at the tent, her faith is probably running pretty thin at this point. Would God really fulfill the promises? Of course God would fulfill the promises to Abraham, but she had no place in those promises. Her faith began to waver as the years went by, yet here she is, listening at the tent, when she hears, Sarah shall have a son. And what does Sarah do when she hears this? She laughs and laughs and laughs. It's the laughter of a woman who hears that God's promise includes her. It is through her laughter that she is reminded that nothing is too wonderful for God and that although she might lose faith in God, God does not lose faith in her because God is faithful, God is full of faith. And as the Hebrew author suggests, God is faithful to God's promises And often, as we might be aware, God's promises involve participation by us. And so this week and these last couple weeks, as my faith has wavered, and as I've seen the news and things that are happening, I turn to Sarah and this beautiful, brave woman reminds me what it means to have faith, what it means to live in a state of tension. Sarah gives up hope in fulfilling God's promise Sarah, who rightfully begins to lose faith. Sarah, who laughs at God. It is this Sarah that is an example of faithful living. We live in tense times. The tension is palpable anytime we read the news. Anytime we go out into the world, we can feel the tension. And we, as people of faith, who believe in a faithful God, must understand that we have a part to play in God's promises in this tense society. We are called to bring about a more peaceful and just society. So friends, during these tense times when it is hard to have faith in the unseen, listen for Sarah's laughter and remember that God is faithful and God has faith in us. Amen. I invite you now to stand in, in body and or spirit and join me in singing hymn number 817, We Walk by Faith.